Hi, this is Mary, and welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I dive into all things mental health and more. And today I have my friend Jacqueline on the show, and we are going to talk about dating apps. So let's take a listen. So hot topic, and this has been around for a number of years now, will not go away. Dating apps. Never going away. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you think about dating apps? I think a lot of people have a push-pull relationship with them and really struggle with them. And, you know, when I think about my own dating journey and there was a time I remember I had taken time off from dating. And so I got off the apps and there were moments where I just wanted to be swiped right on. And I was thinking, I'm somebody who has done so much active work day in, day out, committed to growth and change. And I still just wanted to be swiped right on for pure validation. And it was such a mind blowing moment for me of if I'm doing all, if I feel that way and I'm doing all this work, imagine what's out there for all the people not doing the work. And that's the reality of what dating apps are like, right? You're all of a sudden subjected to all these people who maybe you would never even think about in real life or have their own agenda or maybe are in tricky relationship situations or even married and, and not, you know, honest with their partners. So, so all of a sudden, all of that becomes exacerbated in your face, right? And, and I think it can really emphasize or exaggerate your insecure attachment style and behaviors. Yeah. And you know, I love this image of being swiped right on because what I'm thinking is like, all I want to do is be swiped right on. That's I really all I want, right? But then when you look at the people that swipe right on you, you're I didn't just want like, this. Oh, I don't want that person. And I want that person swipe right on me. Are they not reading my profile? Probably not. Swipe, Maybe swipe, not. swipe. Maybe not. <laughs> so let's talk about a few. I think what is really helpful is when you guys hear specific examples of how to create change. So, Mary, what would you say if, you know, the person leads with, I think you're really pretty or I think you're really sexy and, you know, kind of leading with anything around like physical appearance, for example. What do, what do you think about that? Well, I can say part of me would just be like, thanks. <laughs> I mean, of course, who doesn't want to hear that they're hot and sexy and pretty and that somebody wants to F-U-C-K-U. But the other side of me would be like, is that all you want? And, and is that your first? It's like a bad pickup line, right? You're just like, really? Uh, this is just going to be sex. Yeah. Or somebody like leading with the physical, right? Yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with wanting that. Okay. But when someone's leading with that, what I hear in that, first of all, is like you might be probably someone somewhat avoidant or disorganized in your attachment style because avoidance oftentimes mistake that physical intimacy for deeper intimacy. Right. And so they're leading with that as a kind of way to get out of the other side. And if you're mm. really looking for a partner who is more well-rounded and emotionally available, those kinds of people, whichever gender you are, are going to be more interested in you as a total person. Yeah, like how hard is it to just read a few lines of a profile and to be able to comment on like, oh, wow, you like camping. I love camping, too. Where's your favorite place to go camping? Right. As opposed to like, oh, my God, you're so hot. And that's all I really know what to say to you. Or just do you seem interesting or and, you know, of course, we say on the flip side, I always would recommend leaving like a few tips, right? That specific things about yourself that's easy for the other person to create conversation, right? right? Because you can't expect it to come out of nowhere. 
And I think, you know, on the opposing side, right, like if we look at that as a, an attachment style of behavior, expecting things without looking at the bigger picture to me is an insecure attachment, right? Because it's like my needs, my like my way only versus seeing the whole well-rounded picture, which is more of a securely attached. Yeah, it's individual. also so limiting too, just to like start with kind of like a sexual come on. It's like, it feels very like, is this person limited? Is this person, does this person do their own work? Or is this person like, literally, like, does this work? And and you know what, that might work for that person. And that's also telling me that if that works for that person, and that's their lead, then again, this person is only wanting sex. Now, if I'm only wanting sex, great, let's do it. But if I'm wanting more, you know, I might try to engage this person in a couple of texts just to see where it goes. And if it's just keep, if it keeps on going down that mm -hmm. sexual road, I'm definitely going to be like, no, thank you. Move on. Doesn't sound like we're a right match. You know, part of the thing is, I think people can be unrealistic with where they're really at, right? How many times have I heard, oh, I really want a relationship. But when I look at this person's actions, they're actually not doing that. Now, again, I love to use myself as an example because I always feel like that's going to be relatable, right? And if it helps you, I want to share it. I had an innocence about that per se of my own immaturity, like my own, like, you know, where like there's this when we have attachment ruptures, what that really says is there's a part of us developmentally that is immature in a certain way and not immature in a negative sense, but there's a part of us that's missing something. And so there was, I remember I would be flattered or want that validation. Oh, yeah. I mean, right? definitely feels good. And there was this innocence, like this, you know, inner 12-year-old girl was like, oh, great. Somebody thinks I'm pretty and that feels good. And even and so I'm going to ignore the other side, which was like from a place of innocence, really, and 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 say, oh, well, maybe they're more than. And what I heard you say, Mary, was you're really requiring, if you start looking at the bigger picture, it's you're requiring more of yourself, right? You're requiring a certain maturity within yourself as the way you navigate dating, right? And that can be hard if you're coming from that place of insecure attachment. And what I love, what you just said was, it's my inner 12-year-old girl, like <laughs> wanting to be validated in that way of like, oh my gosh, does this person think I'm pretty? Because now I'm going back to my inner 12-year-old girl who was just like, felt like a hot mess. And didn't think that guys thought I was pretty. Yeah, probably wanted to fit in. Well, yeah. definitely want. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot too. Definitely wanting to fit in, and and so it's like, ooh, that part of me is getting validated. That feels good, right? And then also recognizing that there's this other part of me that needs to be validated too, in a different way, in a deeper way. So I love that you brought up the inner twelve-year-old because you know we want to encourage our listeners to get in touch with their inner 12-year-old girl, maybe the one that didn't get picked at the seventh grade dance yeah. or the one that, you know, the one that felt like a wallflower or a geek. So it's like, yeah, like get in touch with that because then it's like if someone's like, ooh, you're hot, you're sexy, and that's like really speaking to that inner 12-year-old, like just notice that. And that's, that's important information. I it, love that. It's going to guide you to what your responsibility is in navigating dating in your relationship, mm -hmm. right? Because that part of you that had the wounds, which can also come up as for the record, oh, no one's choosing me. I feel like that 
inner 12 year old girl who like nobody loves, right? Like that can, I've seen that trigger a lot of people on dating apps the opposite way, right? Bringing up yes. that I'm unlovable. Yeah. What's wrong with me or what's wrong with others? I'm alone in this experience. Exactly. And so when the person is leading with sexual comments that feel good to my inner 12 year old and then my inner 12 year old is like, sure, I'll go on a date with you. <laughs> right. And then it's just sex. And then there's a rejection. Ooh, that inner 12 year old ooh, is like re-traumatized. And the rejection can come from like, I mean, I can think of countless like decent dates I had where, you know, maybe I wasn't kissing them right away or or I, you know, do something a little physical with them and then I wouldn't hear from them again. And I was like, what what's wrong? Be, you know, what was wrong was that person was just leaving with a thing and I wasn't offering the one thing. But at the time, right. the insecurely attached part mm -hmm. of me, which ran anxious, was saying, I'm I'm the problem. What's wrong? You know, I couldn't grasp that the other person also had their own agenda. And that doesn't even mean that person's aware of that, right? As I was saying before, they could think they want something, but not even be attuned with the other part of themselves. Right. And I think that that can lead to a really delicate balance because then that could just be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to go on the apps and not as a, oh, I'm going to take a break and like do some work on myself, but just like, you know, screw the apps. I'm not going to do that. And so I think that it brings up a really good point. We've been talking about this a lot is the balance of being too constricted and tight around the apps versus being more open. So yeah. if I'm like, ooh, I was rejected, apps don't work, right? Now we're kind of like leaving our world very closed. So what do you think are some great ways of like, you know, really being in tune with that balance of like, you know, recognizing what's going on and also being open to staying on the apps? I love that. It's being in reality mm -hmm. of our circumstances. And the reality of the circumstances is, right, like we're going to have to accept that a lot of these dates are going to be bad. A lot of them are going to be disappointing, right? Or maybe they'll be good, but you'll still be disappointed. And of course, the trade-off is, am I willing to take that because I want the other thing, right? right. And that part of that, I think, is living in the reality of the online dating. And there is some flexibility in that as well as like, you don't want to be over the top the other way. And so I think, you know, this it's hard because it's almost an energetic thing, right? So some of this is hard, mm. difficult to like put your finger on. Mm -hmm. But one thing that comes to mind is geography. As, as, yes. And the two people <laughs> who live in Los Angeles, it's definitely you know, hot, a hot hot topic. Right? Driving five miles might take you 30 minutes. So oh, you might keep lucky. your little geographic we, we could, circle we to five miles. We, we could double that. Which is very, again, the limiting versus, you know, being more open. Right. So let's talk about geography. And because a lot of people do put geography as one of their parameters. And I get it. You know, I'm not going to fly two hours to Phoenix to date a guy every weekend. Of course, I'm not going to well, do that. Also unrealistic in the sense of long distance. Not that it can't work, right? There's always exceptions yeah. to these rules. But if you have an insecure attachment, might get triggered more by long distance. With long distance, it can be a fantasy of sorts, right? You're not seeing someone day in, day out. You're not. Oh, having... my God. It's total fantasy. Yeah. 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 Right. Because you're not doing yeah, the day in, day out stuff. You know, every time you see the person, it's like, ooh, I planned a thousand activities for us this weekend. And it's like, woo, every weekend with this person feels like I'm going to Disneyland. Yeah. And so you're really, yeah, you're not getting like, I love how you brought like how the apps were like staying in the reality of the situation, the yeah. reality of being on the dating apps. 
yes, that's not dating. And also, so we're not going long distance. We're just, you know, what is, you know, what is it about geography that can feel limiting? What is it about geography that can feel limiting? Can you say a little more about that? Well, just in terms of like when you put in a, you know, especially living in a in L.A. or, you know, and living in any kind of big metropolitan city, you know, geography is a thing. So it's like some people are like, I only want to date in on my side of town. Yeah, there could be somebody on the other side of town that is like your perfect match. So how do you work within those like limitations of? geography again I and the expectations to, yeah. of it too well yeah. it goes back to right like accepting there are parts about it that are gonna suck i remember i met someone in real life and i was like i'm i'm Woo, okay. what is yeah. that irl in real life <laughs> turns out he was on the outlet but you know we could have matched anyway yeah. but we met in real life and the person did live on the opposite side of town <laughs> okay. and you never probably you would have never matched with him. yeah i mean i've definitely had that closed yeah. off in the past and I'd gone through different phases of that but actually that man opened up my eyes to oh there is more on you know like let me be more open and I think you know in order to have a healthy experience versus re-traumatizing which dating apps can do Mm -hmm. right and you're seeing that no matter what we don't want to traumatize further right because then you're just reinforcing neural pathways that say I have to go into survival response right so it was a certain amount of openness that said there might be someone while holding your center of like, I'm still going to have to sift through all the, the shit in the middle to find those people. Right. So, again, accepting that there's going to be a lot of bad with that and there, that part might be uncomfortable, but maybe the geography sucks. Is that what I'm willing to give up? Because this person might have, you know, like there's that kind of rule of like three general deal breakers. Which yeah. I always like to say, like, what are your top three? Is geography one of those? If so, OK, but you only get two more. <laughs> and also and just realize that that's going to that's just going to be a smaller pool. And I love that acceptance piece about like, yeah, if my pool is bigger, maybe there'll be a lot more people that I are not matches for me and that I'm going to have to sit through. But I feel like if you go into the process, just being like, that's just a reality of the situation. Yeah. I feel like it's just like what you were saying, building those neural pathways. It just kind of shifts the way that you're thinking about it. Yeah. And you know what? When I started doing that, I found that the the other party interested, they were much more willing to come to me because they could sense my willingness. Like, you know, some of them would, I remember I would like screen with like a phone conversation first just to see if we had enough in common to actually go out on the date. Is this person worth the drive? Do a phone call before it just to see, is there a vibe of sorts? You know, something there. doesn't have to be everything. No perfectionism, but something. That's fair. And I would get kind of asked, oh, how do you feel about which side of town? And I always said, in, in you know the beginning you know that first date I like the person to come to me but I totally don't mind going to the other side of town I like that would so that person already knew I was going to give in that way versus being stuck in always the one being the giver right and a relationship is give and take mm-hmm. 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 so you were talking about flexibility and deal breakers so you said okay well maybe a deal breaker is geography and I love how you said just have three deal breakers right yeah. So that kind of, that's a nice little limit too. So you don't have like this whole list of like 10 deal breakers. Well, it's not this and this person's not that. So I think it's important to have like three big deal breakers. 
So geography could be one, right? And also noticing your flexibility in that, like, no, it has to be 10 deal breakers. And I'm talking about geography within your city. Okay? Yeah, we're not <laughs> talking like... about the world. Unless, you know, you meet that hot Italian person and you... That even that, too. <laughs> I was say, even that, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that back to the yeah. fantasy piece, right? Because you're going to be put into the longing every time you're away from that person. You're going to be in opposite time zones. You're not going to be dealing with the daily stresses that other person well, is. And, and, and the pressure relationship of, on high stakes. Yeah. And pressure of making it work. This has to work. I always have. And also that pressure of always having to be on. Yeah. That's a huge pressure. Yeah. 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 So I guess getting to know your deal breakers. Do you have any personal deal breakers? Yeah. Honesty was one of mine. Yeah. I had generosity and generosity wasn't about money, although I did for me, I'll say I'm a little old school and I wanted the person. I, I, you know, I like it when the other person pays for me. The person the who does the asking out. Yeah. The person yeah. who does the asking out. Pays. Yeah. And that's just worked for me. And I, I know everyone's different on that, but know thyself. That's one of my deal breakers too. And it's not everyone's right. And I respect you need to know yourself and what works for you as you're navigating dating. And what I said about it was, wasn't that the guy paid, it was generosity. And it's not generosity with money, but I found- I mean, it could be as simple as a coffee date. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't have matter. To be, like do it yeah, in the parameters right. of what you can afford. And I was loose on that. I was like, oh, this person wants to go for like a walk. All right. That's cool. Like, I was willing to give on what it was because I understood, you know, a first date is a first meeting from the apps. That is not an, an actual date. It's like I met you in a bar and, oh, I'm deciding whether I right. want to go out and right. I, again. That's so, like the pre-date. Yeah. It's just like a first yeah. meeting. Right? Yeah. And so with that, back to that generosity piece, I noticed for myself, it was really a generosity of heart. And I wanted somebody who was generous with love, not about money, but generous with love. And somebody who would get the fact that, oh, I can live within my means and I still want to show up and give to this person because I'm a naturally very giving person. And part of my work has has been to understand what those limitations are within myself so that I don't hold resentment, as well as making sure I'm being attuned because that inner people pleaser can overgive. And there's nothing wrong with being a giver. But it's when you're out of alignment with yourself and you're doing it because you are afraid of abandonment. Or you want that person to love you so much, which is very different than saying, hey, I'm doing this because I have an open heart and it brings me pleasure to do this. Right? It's coming from a different place. So I had that generosity, chemistry. I didn't say how it looked. It wasn't necessarily with looks, but chemistry was one. And then, you know, it was always like the third one was dicey for me. There was like the, the loyalty piece, which included that honesty, loyal part. But a friend brought up one about like communication, conversation, like having enough connected values wise and i thought that, that you yeah values kind of that kind of hit, hit mutual of respect yeah yeah education is really important to me so having somebody who's educated and you know somebody who has like family values is has a comes from a good family system that really works for me too i love that yeah there you know as your if you start thinking of things in terms of these like starting with three or maybe it's five, right? But you're keeping it simple versus there's the whole thing out there about I make a specific list and then this person shows up. Let me just tell you, before I was a therapist, I did that book, Calling in the One, Manifest Your Love, blah, blah, blah. And I am a believer in the other side and all this stuff, right? But I did that book two or three times and I never met my partner. I didn't meet a boyfriend from it, okay? And believe me, I did it all 
around yeah. it. Like I did calling in things. the ones. Can I make a bad joke about that? Maybe. <laughs> yes. Because I was just the like, one well, one. the one, you know, and that's Keanu Reeves and he's already taken. Oh, he's I the did. one. And so like, that's why that program doesn't work. <laughs> such a good one. I know. I know. I know. My college sweetheart. I know. Kind of like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Right. Very cute. <laughs> and just the way Keanu. Deal breaker. Deal breaker must be Keanu Reeves. Okay. Talk about yeah, that's like, yeah, that's working in a very closed system. <laughs> and I noticed that, you know, that line between flexibility and being like open without being too close can really be a struggle for someone who runs anxious, for example, right? Because all of a sudden it's like, well, wait, do I just accept everything? And now like, where, where does that line end and where does it begin? And if you go back to those like kind of deal breakers, those three or maybe yeah. five, right? The value system, chemistry, whatever those things are, it has to make me laugh, right? Some people have that. It's if you start from there, that's enough in common with someone, right? Versus I don't, you know, and don't worry too much about, right? Like attraction can come in different ways, but doesn't come after, let's say like five dates. Okay, maybe it's not going to come. But I think this touches upon another piece and I know we're running short on time. So let's, let's do part two on this because I think part two is going to show more about, you know, the part about trauma and that attachment style and how it plays into this. And it's really going to affect how you come to the table on dates, right? And sometimes I hear people, I've done some TikToks on, on this about, right, like how it will feel different when you're dating. And I, I hear people say, oh, well, that means I'm going to have to date someone I'm not attracted to. Nope, not signing up for that. And that's not what I'm saying no, here. No, that's not true. No. Yeah. Let's get into more of this on part two. Okay. So thank you for listening and happy dating. So if you have any questions about attachment style, dating apps, anything about relationships and dating, please reach out to me on Instagram at Mary B Therapy, or you can check out my website, marybtherapy.com.